Hi, I'm Kate. And I'm Sophie, and we are Double Booked. We acknowledge that this podcast is created on Jar Jar Barung and Wurundjeri Country and pay our respects to elders past, present, and emerging. You can find us on Instagram at doublebooked.podcast, and I'm on Instagram as at katereads underscore. And I'm at sophies.little.library. Welcome to Double Booked. Thank you for joining us for our first ever episode in our mini-series, Smart and Smutty. It's no secret that Sophie and I read very different books and I always say to her that I'm not smart enough to read your type of books and I feel like there sometimes can be this stigma around only reading romance books and that you're not as smart as other readers. Which is completely untrue and through this series I really wanted to show Kate or push Kate I suppose that you can read books outside of your (laughs) outside of your comfort zone and outside of the genre that you are really comfortable in and what really makes a smart book? It's just, it's such a subjective experience. So we are challenging each other to read a book from each genre. And saying that, I'm definitely pushing you out of your comfort zone Mm. as well with this book. Uh, Yeah, yeah, you are. (laughs) (laughs) So we both hadn't read the books we picked before suggesting them for this series. So it certainly was a gamble. And let's just say it was a whole experience for both of us. Yeah, it really was. I feel like we both went really far on each end of the spectrum here. (laughs) For the smart book, I picked Department of Speculation by Jenny Offal and Kate picked Distance by Luna Mason. So before we deep dive both of these vastly different books, what's your recommendation for the week? I have a very, very niche recommendation this week (laughs) and I'm sorry, but it is a very Melbourne specific recommendation as well. So over the weekend, my partner and I and my parents did a tour of Pentridge Prison in Coburg. Have you been there before, Soph? I haven't done a prison tour, but I've been to the apartments that were built there um, maybe like 10, 11, 12 years ago, and it was spooky. Oh my gosh, it is such a cool place. I'd been there for lunch. There's a brewery there, which is awesome, which we went to again. So we did two different tours, one of B Division and one of H Division. And then we also did, have you read the book? Random, but have you read the book Shantaram? No, I have not, but I know I know it and I yeah, haven't read it, no. Yeah, well, there's an exhibition there at the moment of his story and everything as well. So we saw that. We went to, yeah, the brewery there. We went to the wine bar that's like in the cells. We were literally, actually, we were there for nearly eight hours. Wow. It was a huge day, but I could not recommend the tour enough. The guys that ran it were awesome. Like, the stuff that went on there absolutely blew my mind. I had no clue that this happened in Melbourne. And, like, really recently, like, it only closed in, like, 1997. Mm, yeah, it's been around a lot longer than I think anyone really realises. But, oh, that sounds it's fascinating. So, so good. Highly recommend. It was pretty cheap, to be honest. I think both tours, um, it went for about 90 minutes each tour. And it was 50 bucks. So, like, yeah. reasonable for, like, a really long, like, incredible tour I would um highly recommend if you're in Melbourne apologies if you are interstate <laughs> maybe come for a trip add that to come for a trip Instagram. highly recommend <laughs> what's your recommendation for the week so I have a podcast series to recommend this week so the reason that I've picked this recommendation this week is quite specific to the type of episode that we are doing today and will relate to my experience of reading these so-called smart books a little bit later um but the podcast is called The Minefield. So I listen to ABC Radio National a lot. I came across this show a couple of years back. Um, it's hosted by Scott Stevens and Waleed Ali. And I just 
I love it so much. So this show is described as a show that helps you negotiate the ethical dilemmas, contradictory claims and unacknowledged complicities of modern life. And they, they speak a lot about philosophers and theories and relate them to modern life and modern dilemmas. So some examples of recent themes on the show have been what is the point of blame and when is it right to forgive? Or in a critical age, are we losing the ability to say why we love what we love? I love that episode in particular because it helped me think really differently about, you know, writing book reviews for Bookstagram and like how to explain mm-hmm. why you love the things that you love. Um, how interesting. It is honestly fascinating. Scott Stevens, mm. Wally Dali, they're so interesting to listen to. Um, they are both incredibly intelligent people, but honestly, half the time I feel like I don't know what they're talking about. <laughs> and their conversations just they just roll and they they say all of these things and I'm just like well I'm I don't get half of this but I find it so interesting and fascinating I just kind of let it wash over me and hope that part of it will, will, will land <laughs> um <laughs> I find it so fascinating to listen to particularly when they're talking about things that are really related to things that are happening in society at the moment or mm. uh aspects of what it what it is to be a human in society and and it's just, I find it so fascinating so I would highly recommend listening to that how interesting is it on like you can find it on Spotify or whatever like it's a pod- normal podcast or is it on uh, I, I think that you can I listen to it through the ABC listen app I think that you can find them wherever you get your podcasts usually but um but the ABC listen app is is great for for finding shows like this but also just I, I find so much to listen to on on that on that app so there you go two mm, recommendations in it. one yeah <laughs> And what are you reading? So I'm reading Book Lovers by Emily Henry, which I am really excited to be reading. This is one that I've seen around forever and ever and ever. Um, yeah. People seem to rave about it, particularly people that love reading contemporary romance novels. Um, this is a pick for my my book club um, this month. I think that the theme this month was Beach Read. I think that's how we landed on this mm. one. Um, I started it yesterday. You should have read Beach Read by Emily I Henry know. then. <laughs> <laughs> Funny. That would have picked the wrong made, book. Would have made a lot of sense, wouldn't it? But, but also, that book's based on a lake, which really bothers me. Oh, that's interesting. I know, controversial. Um, Sorry, please continue. But <laughs> I started listening to the audio of Book Lovers yesterday, and I love the connection to the publishing world and books mm. and the romance genre as a whole, and all of the cliches that come along with that. So far, I'm really into it. So I'm really, really loving that. Um, I actually can't wait to talk to you about that because I think that's my favourite Emily Henry book. Oh, interesting. Someone else I was mm. talking to recently said that that was the one that they thought they would love the most, but they ended up hating it. Oh, <laughs> that was me with, well, it was her most recent one that I DNF'd and sold. Yeah. I didn't even want it on my shelf. What's uh, what's on the go for you? I'm reading two books at the moment that are literally the same book. <laughs> so, I, so I really actually need to put one down, finish one, and then... <laughs> I can't read them both at the same time. It's very confusing. (laughs) I spoke about this a few episodes ago. I don't know what happened. I was reading Mixed Signals by BK Borison, the third book in the Love Light Farm series. I I think because I read the two books we're talking about today and I paused and I put it down and then I think I just completely forgot about it. And then I saw someone post about it on Instagram and I'm like, wasn't I reading that? Like, where did (laughs) it go? In my like massive pile of books on my bedside table. So I picked that up again this week. Um, I don't know why I ever put it down because it's a great book. Friends to Lovers, kind of like fake dating, which is my favourite. And love being back on Love Light Farms. 
And the second book I'm reading is a really random find. I don't know where it came from on my Kindle. Um, it's called Iris- An Irresistible Harvest by Rebecca Goldie. I haven't seen it on Instagram anywhere. I think I just got it on Kindle Unlimited and it, I don't know, it just popped up. But I'm only literally 4% in. But it's set on like small town, farm, friends to lovers, next door neighbours. And I'm like, yeah, I can't be reading these two <laughs> at the same time. <laughs> I'm getting confused. Way too similar. That's so funny. I feel yeah. like this time of year, I often see books pop up and I don't know if this fits the brief at all but you know it's obviously fall or autumn in yeah overseas so all of these sort of books like harvest and like so true like oh. the love light farms farm I'm like we're not in this season here mm. <laughs> like but I just love reading it's like I saw something on Instagram about the birth months like October November December is like the fall winter like cozy reads and I'm like you know what it's not in Melbourne but I'll I'll run with it let's just roll with it and pretend like we're there yeah. Now, before we jump into both of these books and our thoughts about them, we just wanted to mention that, A, this episode will be filled with spoilers. We're going to talk about both books in depth, so maybe if you're planning on reading them, just wait to listen to this episode. And obviously, one of these books is a dark romance book, so just keep that in mind when you go into this book and check out the trigger warnings before you go in. So I think that we need to start this these, uh, this deep dive by first explaining what we are defining as a smart book and what we are defining as a smutty book. So um, what, what Kate tends to call my smart books, I would call literary fiction books. So when I look up the definition of literary fiction, it is basically about it being character driven. So it's any book where the, any action in the story impacts the main character or characters and understanding this impact is the whole point of telling the story. So it is very much not a plot-based book. It's about what it what it means to the characters and we sort of move through their point of view. Is One of the definitions that I read there, literary fiction is a very, very broad genre though, so that might not mm-hmm. quite fit um, every type of book, but I feel like that does really quite fit the one that we are talking about today. Would you like me to give you the definition of a smutty book or do we please, not need that? Please do. <laughs> I really want you to have to do that. So, <laughs> A smutty book, so, is just books. With lots of smart. <laughs> just, I'm just going to leave it at that. I also want to put a disclaimer in the top of this episode that while I love a smutty romance book, talking about it out loud makes me want to die. We're going to giggle <laughs> a lot in this episode. Like I can see Kate on the screen and she's blushing so hard. Already. I actually am. Great. We haven't even spoken about it yet. And as <laughs> we spoke about this before we started recording that there's this quote that I physically cannot read out. I want to talk about it, but I physically cannot read it out. So You'll be getting a lot of giggles from me on this one. Mm, and I can confirm that because when I asked her what the quote was, she tried to read it out and could not. <laughs> so, <laughs> Oh, Lord. Now, I don't know if you feel like this, Soph, but I feel like there's a bit of a stigma around romance books and people that only read romance books. And while I'm super keen to jump into more smart books and see what they're all about, I also just want to give space for both of these style of books I feel like there's there's room for both do you know what I mean like while some people look at these smutty books and say oh they're just silly fluffy you know sex books <laughs> I think there's like there's a lane for that and there's a place for that and they exist for a reason and they're excellent we love them and I think that that's okay that if you just want to read that type of book and I think it's okay if you just want to read a smart type of book I think it's fine if you want to read both I just want to I just want to say that 
we're not here to say that one genre is better than the other. We're not here to say that one reader is better than the other. We love all types of books. So I just kind of wanted to put that out there that I realized like for me personally, I feel really self-conscious that I don't read a lot of smart books. And that's something that I struggle with a bit posting on Instagram, but hopefully this changes my mind. Can confirm it won't, but with this book, (laughs) maybe next book. (laughs) I mean, look, there's more to come in this mini series, that's for sure. But I think that's such a great point. Like the purpose of this little mini series is not to disparage each other's type of reading mm. in, in any way. And and I think too, you know, there are there are some books that exist solely to be sexy, smutty books and don't mm. have much more substance to them. And that's fine because that's that's such a brilliant way to be able to engage with that type of content if that's what you're trying to engage with. There are also romance books that aren't smutty, which we've talked about before yeah. in previous episodes. Um, and I think that there's often some really big topics that are covered in these mm. so-called fluffy romance, money books, that it makes it really easy for people to dismiss them as silly books with silly stories. But more often than not, there is much more than what meets the eye in them. You know, can... This book ain't it. Yeah, look, and this is a great <laughs> example of that. This <laughs> ain't it, sis. This for, ain't it. For a good example of that, go back to our previous episode about mental health representation <laughs> in books because that is a good example of it. This one, not so much which we will, get, we will get into. But I think the, the, um, the other thing is too, you know, there's there's the stigma. Sometimes it can also swing the other way with smart books. And I know that mm. every time, I feel like every time I say smart books, I've got like air quotes going a bit like. I know, they can't see us doing that. See yeah. um, but <laughs> Just know that's what we mean. And just know that people that, that read these books, like uh, half the time I read these and I think, oh, I feel really lost here. Or like, I don't know what's going on here but like it's easy to second guess yourself or doubt yourself as a reader when you're reading the type of book that you like to read and comparing yourself to others Mm. and I just think that comparison is not a helpful thing at all here you know you can you can read and you can love whatever type of book you read and love and and that has to be totally okay in isolation it's yeah not not at all the purpose of this episode but it's saying that these books are polar opposites and I cannot (laughs) wait to delve into all of the reasons why so which one do you think we should start with Kate? I think we should start with the Department of Speculation because once we start talking about distance I don't think I can rein it back in. Yeah that's such a good point I'm not sure there's any coming back from that. (laughs) (laughs) Oh gosh so what is the Department of Speculation? I know it came out in 2014 and it's classified as a psychological and domestic fiction which we actually spoke about domestic fictions in one of our first episodes. But mm. do you want to tell me what this book's about? Yeah, sure. Because I still um, don't know and I've read it. <laughs> <laughs> I think I might just read out the, the blurb here, Kate, because I think sure. it, might, it might make the most amount of sense or we'll put it into mm. words in a more eloquent way than probably I could. So um, my copy says, uh, they used to be young, brave and giddy with hopes for their future. They got married, had a child, and skated through all the small calamities of family life. But then, slowly, quietly, something changes. As the years rush by, fears creep in and doubts accumulate until finally their life, as they know it, cracks apart and they find themselves forced to reassess what they have lost, what is left, and what they want now. Written with the dazzling lucidity of poetry, Department of Speculation navigates the jagged edges of a modern marriage to tell a story that is darkly funny, surprising and wise. Can I just say, my copy didn't say that and that would have helped me a lot before <laughs> reading this book because <laughs> I actually don't think I read the blurb before I went into it. So that, would, that makes a lot more sense now that I've seen that. 
I feel like reading the blurb before going into any type of literary fiction or smart book always helps set the scene for what to expect. And it's interesting because there's there's lots of different little synopsis and synopses and blurbs over the internet. And there's you know mm. the title is the Department of Speculation, and and from what I've just read, you wouldn't really know why. But then there's there's another much smaller one that that we came across too that talks about this book being a portrait of a marriage. Um, a beguiling rumination on the mystery on the mysteries of intimacy, trust, faith, knowledge, and the condition of universal shipwreck that unites us all. Like, what does that mean? But then I don't even know what. To, there's a few words in there that I don't know what that means. Just, so I'm already stuck. <laughs> but that just that that to me doesn't make sense. But then the second the second um, part of that little blurb there is they used to send each other letters. The return address was always the same. Department of speculation. I feel like that, like that, that's that. Those two lines there set the scene for why the book is called what it is. Um, is that a metaphor for something, or did they actually do that? Because I don't remember reading that in the book. Funny that you said that because I read this blurb before. I did read this blurb before I started reading the book, and I was waiting. I thought that this was going to be a book filled with letters, mm. and it wasn't. And there was there was maybe one reference or two references to this, but it was quite far along in the book. And I was, I remember being quite surprised, but that it wasn't what I expected from reading that part of the blurb. In saying all of that, let's talk about the writing style of the book, because it is quite different from anything I've probably read before. It was a super quick book at only 178 pages and I absolutely flew through it. But what did you think about the writing style? I loved it. I do feel like it's, it's one that takes this type of book takes a little while to get into sometimes. So mm. uh, the Department of Speculation is told through these these vignettes, these fragments. It might be a paragraph. It might be a couple of pages. Um, they are sort of really pared back, really concise. There's not a lot of flowery language. It's just very mm. to the point. This is what it is. This is what I'm feeling. This is what I see. This is what's happening. This is what someone says. Um, but, you know, in the space of a page, you might jump from, you know three or four different paragraphs or different fragments that are seemingly really disconnected but as you continue through the book you can see how they start to build up a picture of of this person's life and marriage and um journey I suppose from from when they're young and we meet them to to the end of the story so quite a different writing style probably to what you would normally read Kate um and probably quite a not a typical but a uh, often used writing style in in this literary fiction genre you know what I actually didn't mind it it I felt like because it was like really short sharp sentences and like each paragraph or like each thought was sometimes only like a sentence I found it really quick to get through and like really quick to like I don't know I feel like I could smash out a lot in one sitting mm. but it, I, it didn't I probably got to about 10% in until I realized what was going on like I was like I have no clue like I cannot even explain how quickly and how much the thoughts change and suddenly we're talking about one thing and then we're talking about something else and then and I'm like what the fuck is going on it's <laughs> the only way I can explain and then it got to about 10% in and I was like oh this is all right okay I'm following this now and then I texted you do you remember and I said I'm very intrigued and I said I can't wait to get into bed tonight and read this book and you were like what is going on I was thrilled I was thrilled that yeah. was like the best message I could have received honestly and then I hit the 27% mark and I was like yeah, I'm over it now oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> which is not like it I shouldn't say that it was good I actually I actually did enjoy the book I just 
I don't think I'm a better person for reading it. <laughs> Does that mean? I just think like I didn't, I didn't gain anything. I didn't lose anything. I was like, yep, okay, I've read it. Tick. Let's shuffle on. And is that why you read? Like, do you read books for that purpose? Oh my god! Or excuse like... me. I read Distance. <laughs> so, <laughs> I definitely didn't come become a better person reading that book. I suppose what I mean by that is like, I don't read smart like smart air quotes again the smart books to become a better person I read them because I enjoy them and I suppose like that's the same kind of experience that you would have when you read your normal type of books I feel like no better person's not the right way to phrase it but I was just like okay (laughs) that was the thing but like right back to the writing style because I'm getting ahead of myself with what I didn't like about the book (laughs) I saw this review online which I thought was so interesting that I wanted to talk about so someone said I'm paraphrasing but it was basically like if this was written as a memoir people would be like okay strange like it's a pretty common uh story it's a pretty common relationship and the breakdown and kind of you know having a kid and what does that go through like what's so important about your life that you felt like you needed to make this into a memoir but it's not a memoir it's it's fiction and I dare say that probably it's modeled off some parts of her life but this person said that because it's labeled as a fiction it's so much more enjoyable and it's so much more relatable how interesting is that quote Mm. that review sorry it is really interesting and I think that for me reading it I was often thinking this is not a story that's so different from a lot of mm. other people's stories, but in that way it made it so relatable. Like people So relate and I don't even have kids mm. and so relatable. Like the way that it explores marriage as not being, you know, a perfect relationship or not being a fairy tale story, like, you know, the, Absolutely. the way that it explored that type of marriage, the way that it explored motherhood, like it, it wasn't so different to a lot of people's stories, but that's what made it so so easy to connect to and so riveting for me in a lot of ways that, like, yeah, there were so many things that happened and that were talked about that were said that I was like, oh, I can feel that so much. And I feel like if it had been a memoir in some ways, it would have only lent it more weight because I would have known that it was someone's real experience. It's funny. I, I don't think it sounds weird, but, like, I don't think this could be purely fiction because of how true and how relatable and how accurate it was, mm. I think. Yeah. And, I mean, I suppose people's writing is often based in what they know and what their experiences are and all of that sort of thing. So it's quite interesting to consider it from that perspective. On that note, tell me what you liked about the book because as much as I say, oh, I didn't get it, I didn't like it, I actually really did like it. So tell me what you liked about it first and we'll see if I feel the same. I have to start by saying that I... I began by taking some notes for this very purpose and then I got so invested in the book that I forgot to stop and write down notes. So please forgive me as I try to remember what I loved about it. But That's the sign of a good book though. It, that's exactly what I thought. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I think that one of the things that I liked the most was these seemingly disconnected fragments, paragraphs, vignettes, little moments that, like you said in the beginning, I love that in a lot of ways, like when you're reading a book and you're going, where is this going? Like, how is this all connected? And then it starts to all weave its way together. I love that, that experience when reading a book. And this was exactly that. It, it was disconnected stories that quickly became connected and built a picture of this person and, and her life and her marriage and 
from the beginning of their relationship and even really before that from relationships that came before um, their relationship mm. and then and how they moved through their life together and the changes that they went through together and I just I love a book that can tell a story that means so much in so little words I think that that's one of the things that I love most about this like there was not it was so pared back. It was so concise. It was just these little moments, but it just told this story so strongly. I also thought there were just so many moments through the book. There were so many quotes that I just, mm. I was reading them out loud to my husband. I was writing them in my phone so that I wouldn't forget them. Like there was some that I just, I feel like I just really need to actually read out. So um, yeah, I highlighted a few to read out as well that I like. So please, please do. I loved this. So this was talking about a, um, a, a a lover that she had before the man that she ended up marrying. Um, she's talking about a, a boy in New Orleans. She says, that one was so beautiful I used to watch him sleep. If I had to sum up what he did to me, I'd say it was this. He made me sing along to all the bad songs on the radio, both when he loved me and when he didn't. In those last weeks, we drove without talking, trying to outride the heat, each alone in the dream the city had become. I was afraid to speak, to touch his arm even. Remember this sign, this tree, this broken down street. Remember it is possible to feel this way. There were 20 days on the calendar, then 15, then 10, then the day I packed my car and left. I drove the length of two states, sobbing, heat like a hand against my chest, but I didn't, I didn't remember it. Like, I highlighted the exact same thing. Isn't that so funny? What a way to set the Incredible. scene. Like, it's just such a beautiful little moment and a way to set the scene for a relationship that she had before the one that ends up being the main relationship in the story mm. because you can't help them but compare those feelings to what she was then feeling through the rest of the book, like. But I also liked the, the aspect of that where she's like, remember this, like, remember the trees, remember this, because I feel like so much in my life that I'll just like go through a moment and not remember it and like mm. not like be in the moment. But she's mm. like, no, I, I need to remember this. Like, this is a mo- this, I know this is going to be important. She was so present and making such a conscious effort to be present mm. in that and commit that to memory and then to still say, I did all of that and then I didn't, I, I didn't remember it. I didn't remember that this was what it should feel like. Like, I, yeah. I just thought that was so amazing. And then there was another another little story um, that is really disconnected to her story, but I just I loved this one so much. Um, the woman with the white hair and the moustache always held up the line at Rite Aid. Sometimes I waited 15 minutes just to buy my antacids. Ever since I'd gotten pregnant again, I'd gobbled up a pack a day, but my big belly never swayed her. She would not be hurried. One afternoon I watched as she presented her items one by one to the handsome young clerk. You're lucky, she said to him. You still have it all ahead of you. My sister and I both have genius IQs. I went to Cornell. Do you know what that is? The clerk smiled but shook his head no. It's an Ivy League school, but it doesn't matter. It all comes to nothing in the end. Carefully he bagged her groceries, toothpaste, itching cream, off-brand candy. Take care of yourself, he told her when she left, but she lingered in the doorway. When are you working again? She asked him. Do you have your schedule yet? I just read I that and then, like, <laughs> it just. Am I dumb? I don't get it. But to me, I read that and think that speaks so much to the small moments of connection that can mean everything to someone in such little words. Like that tiny story, like that's not even a whole page. It's like three quarters of a page long. And I'm like, this woman, she's so lonely. And this guy, she likes to talk to him. He makes her feel seen, like they have a conversation and she wants to come back when he's there again. And like, 
it's not connected to the story, but it's sort of just a great example for me that this is a really short way to show you how much human connection and what it means to be human and have relationships, how important that is. I feel like that's probably the best thing that she did throughout this book of like, like you said before, like just saying so much with so little and mm. like saying something that's so relatable to so many people yeah. and just with not many words or with not much description or like it just she doesn't go into it as it is what it is yeah oh absolutely and the other I'm just I feel like I'm, I'm getting really caught up in quotes here but I just have to read this one out as well <laughs> because this one relate I relate to this so much as a as a tired mum um, is this the autumn one no but I love that one too I love that I highlighted that one for you I thought you'd like that one I did love that one. That one was really good. I didn't. I'll read it out for you. (laughs) But I did this one. This one just made me laugh and I also really, really got it. She said, a few nights later, I secretly hoped that I might be a genius. Why else can no amount of sleeping pills fell my brain? But then in the morning, my daughter asked me what a cloud is and I cannot say. Her daughter was the highlight of this book for me. Oh, she was so good. She was so good. The quote that we were talking about before, the autumn one, this is her daughter talking in the book and it goes I love autumn look at the beautiful autumn leaves it feels like autumn today is it on your favorite time of year mummy you're not noticing I'm using a new word I say autumn now instead of fall (laughs) and she just like kept going and going and going and then because we don't have names in this book it's quite hard to talk about Mm. there's no um it's just like wife husband kid Mm. there's no kind of there's no names there's no it doesn't say anything um but I feel like her daughter and like the whole motherhood aspect of it, which is funny because I don't have kids, but I feel I feel like it's because I was probably reading this with you in mind mm. and knowing that you were going to read it. So I highlighted a lot of things that I'm like, oh, so good like this. Also, oh, I feel mm. like so could relate to this. So I feel like all the motherhood aspects were so interesting, and I feel like probably so accurate mm. that if if I had a child, it would probably hit different. Like I might, maybe I wouldn't have enjoyed the book more. So I was like, it doesn't really relate to me, but like so so good what she was writing about mother that was my easy my favorite bit was all about motherhood yeah I agree I loved I loved reading that like and it, I love that it wasn't just like a dreamy escape of yeah she was like this is this is hard yeah sometimes it's really bloody tough going and and like that was really recognized in here so I love that and the last thing that I wanted to say that I really liked was there was there was a, a thread through the book of um this author that she was working with that was writing a book about space and oh that's right I loved the analogy of the astronauts and then there was also a bit about polar explorers and like arctic explorers but I loved the analogy through the book of people confined in small spaces astronauts polar explorers etc um and how that compared to their marriage like it it just was like an, an interesting way to explore the way that she was feeling about their marriage and and what was happening with them by bringing in these stories of how it feels for other people in other situations to feel like they're in such close confined quarters all the time Mm -hmm. and how that can impact relationships and and how you relate to each other and um I really liked that that's that's common theme through the book as well I totally forgot about the whole space aspect of it Mm. I feel like because there's probably a good time to talk about what I didn't like about the book because I I did struggle with how quickly it jumped and I think because I'm kind of exposing myself here how how my brain works is that it goes like a hundred miles a minute and I'm like 
okay, so I better do the washing. And then when I do the washing, I better do this. And then I better do that. And then, oh, I better do this. And then and like my brain works like that. So I feel like reading a book that felt like her brain was doing that, it was a little bit overwhelming for me. And I felt mm. like I couldn't really keep up. And I was like, what storyline am I meant to be following? What am I meant to be listening to? Because it's so disjointed and these tiny paragraphs are just so quick that I'm like, I have no clue what's going around. Like they're completely random but not random because it did link up all in the Mm. end but the random little quick when it was like really quick really interchanging thoughts and it didn't flow at all I was like what is going on Mm. like my brain just could not keep up I get that and especially if you know I often read because I need to escape the way that my brain Mm. works and to be able to jump into someone else's 100% mindset and when yeah, if you if you're trying to do that and and that's not then the way that the story's being told, like that's not that's not relaxing for you at all. <laughs> not even slightly. But in saying that, every single night when I went to bed and put and read this book, twenty minutes dead asleep. <laughs> I go. don't know why. Like it made me fall asleep so quickly every night. <laughs> no clue. But I just I don't know. I found that it jumped around too much. But then the parts I did like, like the part where she meets his mistress outside his work oh yeah and like that flowed for a while that was like a decent chapter of mm. like that interaction which was wild by the way and mm. like that was probably one of my favorite parts as well like that was very juicy juicy and like interesting to read because I but I think I enjoyed it so much because it flowed for a while mm. yeah and it, it didn't like, jump yeah. so quickly that my brain could actually be like okay I can latch onto this story and actually like follow this bit before we jump around again and I get confused again. Yeah, that's really interesting how it, when it got into parts like that, that it actually really slowed down and really got into it, really explored it. Like, and I suppose Which is what a normal book does. Probably an interesting way to think about her state of mind too. Like she was jumping from thing to thing to thing, but that was something that she was really fixated on. So when we got to that point, mm. like this has to be like fully done and explored because without that, nothing else is going to work, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I did, I must say that, I did look at the percent a lot. Like, you know, the percent that's like how much, how far are you through the book? I must admit that I did. I was clock watching a bit. I don't know. I really don't know how I feel about this book. I would give it a three out of five stars because I did enjoy it in some parts. Like the little quotes here and there. Like, do you remember the part where she was talking about living in the city? And uh, hang on, I think I've got it written down. It says, our ears evolved to be our warning systems. We are on high alert in places where no birds sing to live in a city is to be forever flinching Mm. like stuff like that like you just read like this sentence and you're like shit that was good oh yeah like that like I loved that bit and then next she's talking about that massive story about the head loss and I was like I can't do this yeah yeah that was was the most horrendous storyline like I just hang on I'm just gonna talk about this for a second she spoke about that head loss thing for so long and why did they live with it for so long why did they not do a treatment feels almost like it wasn't a head lice and like it was like bed bugs or something like it oh whatever it was it horrendous and I was like get go to the chemist Mm. and sort this shit out that was a really lengthy part of the book and it made me just it's like I'm itching now it made me feel itchy reading it that must I I was struggling to find dislikes for my for myself in this book but now that you've said that and reminded me of how itchy I was reading that I'm gonna put that in there (laughs) I didn't like that like I was like move on I was like, go, go get a treatment and move on. Why are you living like this? In saying all of this, my probably my only dislike for the book is that 
it did jump around a lot. But then, it, yeah, it would, like, get me with one thing and I'd be like, oh, that was really good. Or, like, okay, I loved that bit. But I think the disjointedness of it just didn't do it for me and I just felt like I couldn't keep up. I, and I think, again, like, that's that's really indicative of that different type of reading style and, like, Completely. I probably – I probably read quite a few books that are written like this, so it was easier for me to jump into in that way. Mm. But I can can completely see how that would be tricky if you're not used to it. So, yeah, I very much get that. I think my only dislike for the book, because I loved it. Of course. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> um, like, didn't I say to you, like, 20% in or something? I was like, oh, this has got you written all over it. <laughs> I was yeah. like, you're going to love this. I was like, it's going to be a quick episode. Yeah, yeah. Um, but um, there was there was one thing that I didn't like, and I I think that that's just you know how quickly the book has aged already. You know, it's it was mm. written it was written I don't even know how long ago was it nine years ago. I feel like the language has aged really quickly already. But there was one line that I just I read it and I was like, oh yuck! I know it's exactly such... what you're about to say. <laughs> She was talking about her husband being famously kind and an example that she gave of that was by helloing the fat girl at the local store. Mm. I was like, ugh. Foul. Don't, like, that's just not horrendous. I think that one of my notes that I wrote down was she's so negative and, Mm. like, she did not have one positive thing to say, one positive thought about herself, about anyone else. Like, Mm. I just feel like she was so miserable that she like projected that onto everyone else yeah absolutely she was but yeah I knew you I knew you were about to say that line as soon as I read it Mm. I was like really like yeah this book was not written like nine years is not that long ago no which is just it's yeah concerning and I absolutely am looking forward to reading more of her books and I will be interested to see if that kind of language has shifted Mm. and I don't even know if if the other books that she has are newer or older but it just Mm. will be really interesting to track I suppose so you loved it I didn't mind it should we get on to the smutty book yes please let's do it (laughs) I'm scared and excited and I also just this is just please forgive our giggling as we try to <laughs> dissect this. I know. Book. It's going to be a We're lot. We're trying to be adults about it, but we just cannot. <laughs> All right. So we've spoken about our smart book. What is our smutty book? So we read Distance by Luna Mason. This book actually came out in March this year, which I didn't realize. It's a dark mafia cross sports romance book, and it's the first in the Beneath the Mark series. Now, the blurb's long, so bear with me, Soph, but I feel like it's important to get the vibe of the book, you know? Mm, Yes, it is. (laughs) So our two main characters are Keller and Sienna, and the blurb's split into both points of view. So, Keller. From a poor underground street fighter, I rose to fame as a world heavyweight boxing champion. No one knew I was also a monster who hunted in the shadows. Trapped in the mafia until my debts were paid, a simple deal held my freedom. Unify my belts. It seemed simple until an enchanting British firecracker landed on my lap, knocking me sideways. Wanting her was dangerous for us both, but I took her anyway, leaving me with a choice, fight for my freedom or hers. Sienna. Newly single and focused on building my life in New York, I've sworn off men for the foreseeable. No one had ever stuck around long enough to let me believe in fairy tales anyway. That was until him. He tried to hide himself from me, but I couldn't stay away. When the mask shattered and the truth was revealed, could I still stay? Even if it meant my life was at stake, could we get past our fear of love and fight for our happily ever after? Wowie. 
now. I, I feel like more happens in the plot in the blurb than it did in the actual book. <laughs> the, it's very long. The book's like nearly five. It's 458 pages. Can I just say also the the, the smart book that I picked was 178 <laughs> pages and the book that you picked was like 500 pages. I really put you through it. And in my defence, I hadn't read it before I recommended it. <laughs> and I regret that choice a little bit. <laughs> Do you know why? Do you know what's my biggest regret? Tell me. My biggest regret about this book, and I nearly gave it up because in the first, like, ten pages, I realised that the male main character, Keller, and I have the same last name. Oh, yeah. Is that not the biggest ick you've ever heard in your whole life? So cringy. And I must admit, every single time I read his name, I was like, okay. I did the same thing. But I was like, you know what? I read it the first time and it was like 10% in. And I was like, that's fine. They're not going to mention it again. Because when does the last name ever come up in a book that often? <sighs> Let me tell you. In a often. mafia book. Often. <laughs> Turns out I have a mafia last name, which I already, we already knew this. But it's... That was like the biggest ick for me. I could not get past that. So I'm surprised I actually finished the nearly 500 pages and I was like my bloody cousin. (laughs) (laughs) But I really, really want to hear your thoughts. We probably should talk about their their writing style first though. Just I'm just thinking just to set set the scene. I have so much to say about the writing style. I'm glad that you do because I only have like two things to say. Actually three things. My three things are that I feel like she wrote sex scenes and then tried to string a narrative around it. Then it was super, super repetitive. If I had to read the line, earth shattering kiss again, (laughs) or he smashed his lips to mine, he crushed his lips to mine, he crushed his mouth against mine. I'm like, really? But also wouldn't that hurt? I I think about that a lot. I'm like, oh, that's not, that's my teeth. Not sexy, yeah. Like that's not anyway. Uh, there's that, and then there's just that it was just so absolutely no nuance, anything to it at all. It was just so obvious, and just tell me what you think about the writing style. <laughs> just quickly on that note of like no, like nothing really happened. Isn't that most romance books? Like I'm literally reading Love Light Farms now, and I'm like, they live on a Christmas tree farm, and like nothing's really happening. Like, do romance books really have that much of a plot? Oh, I feel like when I say nuance, I'm not like, I feel like it's not even about plot. It was about they fell in love and they hardly ever even had a bloody conversation. Oh, like, you know, things like that. Yeah. That is my, that is my point about the writing style. So let me tell you, my biggest issue with the writing style was the amount of gaps in the story. Mm. So, for example, she is terrified of elevators, Yeah. Like she has this like crumbling, crippling fear of elevators on the way up. So he Mm. lives in this like incredible penthouse in New York. 86 stories high. Incredible. We love that. But on the way up, she has like a panic attack. She doesn't like elevators. Can't remember why. Some childhood trauma. So he like comforts her on the way up and they get through it together and lovely. But then she comes down by herself. No concerns. Mm. She can't do it without him. Yeah. But then she often does. And it's just not mentioned. Like, the gaps in the story so much. Like, for example, there was one scene where she goes to his boxing gym with kids from the organisation that she works for. And there's, I specifically remember reading a line that said, I got a call early in the morning to come down and I rushed out of the house and I got to the gym. It was really early in the morning. And then they do the boxing session with the kids and the kids leave. And then suddenly the next paragraph, not even next paragraph, sorry, next sentence is like, 
it's dark outside. It's so late at night. I'm like, what the fuck? Like, no one fact-checked this. <laughs> the day's gone. <laughs> the day's gone. And I'm like, that's not, like, suddenly it's nighttime. No time has passed. She talks about getting to the gym early in the morning. Like, also, like, sorry, I'm on a roll now because this really pisses me off in books. And I'm like, no one, did no one proofread this or did no one edit this to be like, hey, logistics. Mm. Yeah. Like, every time they have sex, he rips her pants off. Yet she has runners on, runners and leggings on. And then suddenly her pants are down her legs and off. And I'm like, sorry, where's who untied her laces? She still has shoes on. Like stuff like that bothers me so much. I know that he's a squillionaire, but they must be spending so much money on clothing because they don't seem to be able to undo a button. No, everything's ripped off. Everything's ripped off. Yeah. Shattered. (laughs) But you know what? I, I didn't hate. If, you, if you're a billionaire, which he was, you do you. But take your shoes off. Because it's not possible to get your leggings off. I know this. Over your shoes. <laughs> Have tried it. Can confirm. Can confirm. No. <laughs> but just logistics stuff in books, I don't know why, but I latch onto it and it bothers me so much. Like, if you're going to write a like, it's so easy to say, it's gone from day to night or like logistics of like suddenly you're here and then you're here. Like it just needs to make sense. Mm. And I feel like it's lazy writing. That writing starts to like not make it make sense. I Yeah. I feel like there's a lot of lazy writing in this. Yeah, this it was. Now, Soph, can you tell me anything you liked about the book? Anything. Just pick something. <laughs> um, it was fast paced. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it was 500 pages. Yeah. It was it was long, but I did when when I got on a roll with it, I could keep reading it quite quickly, which I was necessary. I think um, I did quite like the side characters too, Maddie and Grayson, which I think that they're the the second book focuses Can on confirm. them. Yeah. Can confirm. I did download the second book, and yes, they are the main characters. <laughs> I feel like I would be yeah. I was interested in them and wanted to sort of know their their dynamic was pretty fun. I quite liked them. Yeah. Um, but aside from that, I, I don't think I can tell you much more that I liked about it, Kate. <laughs> tell me that you've got more things in the likes category than I do. I have a few things. I did. I Like I said, I did download the second book straight after finishing it. I haven't read it. It's on my Kindle. I don't know if I actually will read it because now that we've deep dived more into this book, I'm like, actually, like it wasn't great. <laughs> <laughs> I need to read the second one. Um, what did I like about it? I... I must admit, I actually quite liked the smut scenes. Not all of them, but some of them. I thought they were quite good. I thought they were quite steamy. Um, logistically, not great, but <laughs> other, than, <laughs> other than that, I think they were pretty good. And I did, even though, like, and we'll talk about it in a minute, but, like, how fast-paced it moved and how, like, un, it, like it was unrealistic. Like, the whole book was unrealistic. That's mm. just, it is what it is. But I, if it wasn't as unrealistically fast moving as it was I quite liked the chemistry between them like it was it was hot it was yeah steamy not much substance to it they didn't speak at all like it was just physical (laughs) no conversations no No, like (laughs) literally nothing but like I thought that side of it was just it was just a hot book and I quite actually don't mind a mafia romance it's only probably my I want to say my second or even maybe third probably second book I've read but actually I don't hate the genre because I kind of like, like, it, I feel like in a romance book, you just get like person A, person B, meet, fall in love, married, baby. Like it's just all too 
neat cookie cutter yeah yeah cookie cutter whereas with the mafia romance you kind of get that like aspect of a crime thriller genre of book kind of like weaved into it yeah I was actually really excited about this with this book but I feel like I feel like it wanted to be and I've Mm. never I haven't read any other mafia romance books or mafia really based books at all but I feel like I wanted there to be more of the mafia side of things in this yeah like it wanted to be really dark with that side of things but but it wasn't really like I there was one scene that was a real bloodbath but the rest were a bit meh like there was just not really I really wanted more about like the dynamics and like the power structure and his darkness would have been more believable if we had seen more of that so Mm. I quite like that that was part of the story but I wish that it had been more part of the story yeah, in fairness, the other Mafia romance book, which I cannot for the life of me remember what it was, was a, a lot about, like, the crime, the underworld side of it, and that's really that was really cool. That was really interesting. So if this book had more of that, I think it would have been more exciting. But, yeah, I liked it. And I also, you know what I actually really liked? The foster care system, the foster care, like, storyline oh. through it. So obviously, like, he comes from foster care background and then they open and she kind of works in that field and they open this clinic and again unrealistic fast moving and just all unrealistic but like that aspect of it I really liked and how like we saw the kids and the workers there and the facility that they had and yeah I really liked that side of it as well that's a really good point I did forget about that I'll put that in my like column as well there you go I have three (laughs) things in (laughs) I'll take it I'll take anything (laughs) now besides the fast moving unrealistic logistics and Keller's last name what else (laughs) didn't we like about it because I've actually still got a few things what did what else did you not like about it I have a lot of things here Kate (laughs) hit me go on with me I think I just want to start by firstly saying that I I generally really struggled with this book and I just want to start before I go into all of the things that I didn't like about it by saying I personally find it really challenging to read about relationships like this, like relationships with this level of control and possessiveness and lack of trust. And I I can't help but worry that some people who will read this, and I'm probably thinking about um, maybe like young women, teenagers, people that might come across this on TikTok. I can't help but worry that some people will read this and not realise that this sort of relationship isn't normal or okay. Mm. Um I find it really hard to separate that that side of it. And, you know, I know that there is, I'm very aware that there is also a lot of people out there for who this type of yeah. relationship in sex really gets me going. And I would never, ever want to yuck someone's yum. But <laughs> I find it really, really hard to separate that type of relationship from that type of sex. And I can't, I couldn't help but read this book through that lens. So I just wanted to start what I was about to say about all of the things that I didn't like about it by putting that out there the thing that I found the most annoying about this book was that it was just it felt inconsistent things like you know the ex-boyfriend was stalking and monitoring her and it was it was creepy and she was scared of him but then there was a storyline where Kala did the same thing and it was really Mm. hot when it was him I'm like oh you know he knows that she's scared of the ex doing it and then he was doing it as well and that bugged me so much and like there was the scene where she was walking down the street with her friend David Mm -hmm. arm in arm and he like appeared out of nowhere approached her on the street to kiss her in front of him and like stare David down like it was just like his claim yeah it was like a dog pissing to mark his territory and it really bugged me did people but other I feel like people read that and they're like oh my god that's so hot Mm, I'm like that's just controlling and stalking and possessive (laughs) 
But also, do you think that she was like, I had a point that she was like super oblivious to her ex stalking her. Like he was like standing outside her apartment building with a hoodie on. And she was like, huh, it's a nice man standing there. Like yeah. she just had like no concept. Like she was just painted as this like absolute dumbass. Yeah. No self-awareness whatsoever. Not even slightly. I also found the not like other girls thing really oh. annoyed me. I hate that generally in books, but I, I, I hate like, it in, in life. Oh, in <laughs> any, yeah, all in, the general, in anything. But, you know, he talks about women being like this and women being like this, but she's so different because she's not yeah. like the rest of them. I'm like, Ugh. Yeah. Um, nah. Oh, there was just, there's things that just, you know, you're talking about logistics before and, and that sort of like fact checking. And there's things like she's, Sienna is British, which is mentioned like mm. twice. And her mum, oh. it's things like for me in her phone, her mum called her and it was spelled M-O-M, not M-U-M, but she's yeah. Like, what? Yeah. That doesn't make sense. That's what I'm saying. Like, just like inconsistent, lazy writing. Like, no one checked this. Yeah. Like, you and yeah. I don't work in editing, publishing, that, yeah, we, don't, we both don't work in that field, but we picked it up straight away. So how does this book get this far mm. and no one's noticed that? It's glaringly obvious, people. Oh, it annoys me so much. It's like grammar yeah. errors. Like, I, there was so many spelling mistakes that I'm like, how? how? On the mum, too, the characters were all, not all of them, but most of the characters felt really contrived, like two simple representations of a character. And the mum, she was sort of talked about in passing. And then there was this one scene where she called Sienna. Sienna, like, answered the phone feeling nervous. And her mum just, like, launched straight into, like, calling her, like, a worthless piece of shit and oh, like, well, now you're with this rich guy and, like, why aren't you sending me any money and you don't care about me at all? Like, she launched straight into this really abusive tirade. I just was like, this just feels so unrealistic. Like, I know that the whole book was unrealistic, but this bit, I was like, come on. Like, this is too much. And then, like, Keller grabs the phone off her and she's like, don't speak, don't talk to her like that. Like, you don't get a relationship with her. Like, yeah. And, like, he's like, no, you're done. Like, you'll never speak to her again. And I'm like, well, you know, that's she probably needs to never speak to her again. But also, shut up, Keller. Like, yeah, <laughs> let her fight her own battles. Yeah. <laughs> you haven't so, even met this woman. Oh, yeah. And, like, that, all that sort of thing I found I found really tricky. We talked about the um, the elevators, the elevator before. I found the elevator side of things really tricky. Like, you know, he like, he knew that she was terrified of elevators. But then there was that scene where he, like, turned on the like pulled like the emergency thing so that yeah. it would stop and then she like freaked out and had this big like you know recalling all this past trauma and, like, and he's like oh my bad I didn't know how bad it was but stop. he didn't even tell her that he had that he'd done that he was just like oh shoot I guess it is bad like he's yeah, like oh, I probably shouldn't have done that my bad yeah and like he just sort of did it you know knowing that she was terrified but it was like because she needs it because it would be good for her I'm like no yeah nah. you don't get to you don't get to do that no nah. Yeah, so I yeah. Found, yeah, like all of there's just a lot of things like that through this book that I just I feel like the look on my face when I was reading this book was the same mm. most of the way through. <laughs> it was yeah, it was a grimace. <laughs> I love that like your dislikes are like so important and so valid, whereas my dislikes are like uh, he didn't take her shoes off before taking her <laughs> pants off. <laughs> I mean, that's a very important thing to be worried about as well, though. <laughs> like that really bothers me. <laughs> You're like his stalker and. He's, you know, it's unethical. And, and I'm like, yeah, well, no one untied her shoes. So <laughs> how did the shoes come off? How did, they how did the off? shoes come off, guys? <laughs> the big issues of the day. What, you know what my other big issue is? And they're like so different to yours. He's obviously a world champion boxer. Like that's his career. He's worldwide, you know, incredible boxer. And so her nickname for him is Champ. 
Oh my god, yes. And I like I know this book's American, but in Australia, if you champ someone, <laughs> oh, it's so mean. Like it's such a dig. It's like can't be like, yeah, good one, dickhead. Like, oh yeah, thanks, champ. Yeah, thanks, mate. Like, it's such a one. sarcastic name, isn't it's it? So sarcastic, yeah. and it's so mean. So every time she like she did it, like during sex and everything, she was like, yeah, like good one, champ. Or like thanks, champ. And I'd be like, oh, like that's so wrong. It was very funny, but in some ways, I kind of loved every time she champed you because in my head, that's probably the way that I was like, I'm like, oh yeah, good, yeah. One, good one, champ. Like, thanks, champ. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Go ahead, champ. Yeah, but oh, and like, what did he call her? Like, my princess, my queen. Oh, my I'm queen. Like, I hate that in books. Yeah, it was so bad. What was the other one? The other one was like, I'm a goddess or something. Goddess. Yes. Hey. Yes. yes. Pet names in books are pretty cringy most of the time. Yeah. I was pretty ready for this book to be wrapped up at the 70% mark. I remember looking down at the percentage and I was like, surely we're nearly done. I was like, shit, 70%? The mm. hell else is going to happen? Like, mm. are we done? Because, like, by 45% in, he was calling her his wife and they'd only been together, like, three or four times. And he's like, oh, wife has a good ring to it. And then at, four, at halfway through the book, he gets that tattoo. Oh, we need to talk about the tattoo. We need to talk about the tattoo. I'm not okay with this. This tattoo. is – I as soon as I read it, I was like, Sophie's going to kill me. <laughs> Sophie's going to read this book and she's going to kill me. She's going to get to this bit and be like, Kayla, what have you done? Yeah, what, what, what is this? What is this? Tell me. I'm going to make you read it out. What happened? What was the tattoo? Uh, and uh, Correct me if I'm wrong here, but I feel like this came after some, there was some sort of moment where there was oh, some dumb misunderstanding and she thought that he was had been out with someone else and there was a photo of him with yeah, someone else. Yeah, he got like papped with another girl. Yeah, that's thing. right. Yeah. But it was like, I don't know, so not like a like it was like an agent. Or yeah, it was like his PR agent, like his marketing yeah, agent or something. something like that. And he explained it and she just didn't. I don't know, it was all really weird. Anyway, so she was feeling very uh, insecure about everything and he comes home and has surprised her with a tattoo on his pubic region that yeah. said, property of Sienna. Vomit in my mouth. What the hell? Like, really? <laughs> I can't even deal. As soon as I read that, I was like, yeah, we're done here. Yeah. And I was like halfway through the book. I was like, no coming back from that. I was like, ah, <laughs> oh, shit. Like that did me in. Yeah, and that was literally only like halfway through, and then by the end of the book, they're married and she's pregnant. Mm. And like, shit, you've had like four conversations. Yeah. Do you even know each other? Like, really? Do you even know each other? Like, anyway, it was. I'm starting to think that there's more things I didn't like about the book than liked about it, but I think it played its purpose in the sense of like it was smutty. Mm. Like that's what it was, and that's why we picked it. It's a smutty book for our smart and smutty series, and it was definitely delivered on that sense. Quick, fast-paced, hot, steamy, possessive mafia romance. Tick, tick, tick. You're done. Yeah, and definitely read it. Not going into it too, think too critically about it or reflect on it at all. Read it for what it Absolutely. is. Enjoy it and move on with your life. And I think <laughs> most of yeah, pretty much. I think most of smutty books. I feel like that's probably the the attitude that you should go into it with. Like, it's, I don't think it's winning any awards. No, it's not setting out to do that. That's not the purpose of it. That's not, yeah, exactly. That's not what it's about. It's just about. It's fine. It does its job. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining us today on our first episode of our Smart and Smutty mini series. Like we said at the top of this episode, we love all genres of books, and there's definitely not one that's better than the other. And we really wanted to highlight books that are two ends of the spectrum, but both serve their purpose. Absolutely. And to quote Theodore Roosevelt, comparison is the thief of joy. Really, books are best read when they are enjoyed in isolation. And who gives a fuck what anyone else thinks, really? Read what you want. Read what you want. That's what I love that. 
Let us know your thoughts on Instagram if you've read these books uh, and see which camp you fall into. Join us again for our next episode where we will be discussing our October book club pick, which is Lanny by Max Porter. In the meantime, make sure you follow along on Instagram at doublebook.podcast. Thanks for listening. We are Sophie and Kate. And we are Double Booked.